you're just funny. It's, it's you know the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Ladies and gents, as always, hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Broader Podcast. Not surprisingly, this episode's pretty fun. I say that with most episodes because it's usually true. They're pretty fun. Today is no different. I'm going to be sitting down uh, virtually, but of course, with uh, Larry Roberts, who is a podcast expert and has spent over 25 years training and coaching on various topics, including um, how to boost your podcast. And if you don't have a podcast, uh, I still think you're going to love this episode because we don't just talk about podcasting. We talk a lot about social media and its impact, the pros of podcasting, listening to it, consuming it, creating it. We also talk a lot about um, the corporate world and why we're both not in it anymore. He shares his story, which is very motivational. And of course, I touch base on mine. But uh, just overall, really cool episode. You can follow him on Instagram at the Larry Roberts. And uh, he also has some great TikTok and Reels content as well. So check him out, and I'll leave all of his links, as always, in the episode notes so you can visit him and listen to listen to his content. Without further ado, everyone, please help me welcome Larry Roberts. I'm, I'm still a little under the weather, so my voice hasn't quite oh. gotten back to where I appreciate it being. Uh-oh. Did you get the Rona? No. Uh, I took three Rona tests last week. All three came back negative. Mm. Um, but I, I, I just don't know what it is, but it won't go away. Doctor says it's viral. I've been to the doctor twice, got a steroid shot on Friday and it's Ooh. still just, and it's fucking resilient. <laughs> steroid shot. Not the fun one. I would imagine. No, no. I mean, my abs haven't popped out yet, so it's, uh, well, that's shitty, man. Hopefully, uh, hopefully you get better soon. What is it just like respiratory or is it? everything yeah yeah i mean it's just kind of a i feel kind of beat down a little tired uh, a lot mm. of it's respiratory my throat's a little scratchy and it's weird because it just comes and goes like yesterday the throat didn't feel too bad today the throat throat feels like shit again uh, i just i don't know but they said it's viral and it's just got to run its course i'm like well I, I leave for orlando on wednesday morning you know so it needs to get the fuck out so because yeah. <laughs> i gotta go but uh, well, I, it is what it is what do you got going on in Orlando? You got a conference or something? Yeah, there's FinCon is going on. And uh, oh, it's yeah, sure. like a financial conference for podcasters. That's sick, man. Well, it's more of financial consultants that podcast too. But yeah, it's, it should be a good deal. Nice, dude. Yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I had the Rona. When did I have it? I think like a month ago or something like that. And I was yeah. fucked for like six days just to yep. Yeah. I've and had then, it twice. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Thanks. Which ones do you know? Like, what what time was it? Did you get the OG? Uh, I got the OG back in, when did it hit? 20? 20. So, like, January of 20. Ooh. I got just destroyed, and it annihilated my, my voice for, like, six months. Try being a podcaster with no voice, and it, I mean, I literally had no voice for six months. That's kind of fucking gnarly, bullshit. Though, yeah, it was. I mean, I wrote some articles in, in uh, the podcast business journal and everything called The Silent Podcaster. And I mean, I had to, you know, get creative and work around it. But yeah, it just annihilated me. And then I got it this year at about April. I went to Bitcoin Miami and brought it back with me then. So yeah, Dude, that's that's shitty, man. Yeah, yeah the, o, the, the OG I heard was uh, obviously naturally much more rough 
than oh god like yeah, what i terrible. got you know a couple months ago because it was yeah it's and i guess that's kind of a good thing right like if it's more contagious cool but if it's uh if it's not as deadly quote unquote like yeah then that's a good thing i suppose but it was so yeah. it was so weird because when i got it like 17 people that i knew got it like yeah i uh everyone got it around the same time it's so weird i blame you know who jordan peterson is right sure I blame Jordan Peterson because uh, I went to Bitcoin Miami and literally everyone I know, that's the only session that I went to was Jordan's session while I was there. I was there creating content and podcasting live from the event. Oh, but yeah. I, well, that's cool. I would love to see him live. Oh, dude, it was insane. But everybody that was in that room with Jordan Peterson that I know got the Rona. So I, I blame Jordan Peterson for my second round of, of Rona. If I'd have oh. stayed out of that fucking room, maybe I would have uh, came yeah. out unscathed. I don't know. And you know Jordan's listened to this podcast, so Jordan, uh, you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jordan, sorry, brother. You, you get a lot of hate though, over the past couple of days. Got Olivia Wilde kicking his ass. Now I'm kicking his ass. Yeah, poor fucking guy, dude. Like he's he's such a uh, a pioneer with so many different things, not just like educating the youth and uh, so many different topics, but he's exposed so many interesting topics, and dude, yes. he just gets shit on so much, like. It's, you know, if you're going to blame him for the Rona, he's like, yeah, whatever, bring it on because I get blamed every day for something <laughs> yeah, else anyway. Just, just, just add it to the list. Yeah, poor yeah. bastard. Um, so what are we going to talk about? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked. Um, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really, uh, I definitely want to know more about kind of what you do for the podcast community. I think a lot of listeners out there, because I do have a lot of listeners that are fellow podcasters as well. Yeah, yeah. So want to pick your brain there and then, you know, how you got into podcasting, what you see, especially with everything going on with, you know, like Twitter spaces is now kind of open up the door a little bit to podcast, yeah. which I find interesting. And then YouTube has spent a lot more money on video podcasts and, you know, obviously Spotify since Rogan came on there, they've been doing video, but now Caller Daddy is doing video and uh, Dak Shepard's podcast. So I'm curious if you see like Spotify going into more of a YouTube space as well. I, I see them yeah. competing directly. So yeah, do just kind of, you know, get to know your thoughts on things and, and shooting the shit a little bit on, on recording. Totally cool, man. I, I love all that. You know, I, I just came from podcast movement last week. Nice. Um, and that's where I got sick, obviously, but, uh, I was privy to going to a day before podcast movement. Um, uh, an event called sounds profitable took place. They're within the same confines and it was an invite only industry insider type track. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Had big reps from all the, all the big media outlets. YouTube was there and they announced, you know, their foray into the space. And now they have a dedicated URL for podcast on YouTube. Uh, and they got a lot of other things in the works too. So it's a, it's a perfect mm. opportunity. So is that, is that beta or is that live right now? It's live right now. If you go to youtube.com slash podcast, it is there uh, and it is live. It's not as organized as it's going to end up being, sure. but uh, they, they've, they've got that live now. So do you need to like submit an RSS to it or? They, they don't have RSS, RSS support as of yet, Okay, but they alluded to the fact that that is coming. Mm. So it's, it's really right now, it's just videos that are identified as podcasts that are coming through. So uh, they didn't get into a whole lot of the details as to the specifics behind that logic or, mm. you know, how you need to set the, the files up in order to be recognized as a podcast. Yeah. Um, they just took us to the site and let us know that, the, you know, how serious they are about it because they announced their 
their intent back in March at Podcast Movement Evolutions out in L.A. When Kai Chuck, who's the director of YouTube Podcasting, uh, he spoke live there in L.A. and announced that they were taking podcasting seriously and, and knew that it was something that they needed to be a part of. And now they're just came back this year or later on this year to just reinforce the fact that they are taking up a stance and they are working actively towards accepting podcasters on the platform and helping promote podcasting on the platform as well. About fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, now it's, it's really, really ramping up. So at least they're kind of getting into it, which, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting because I just pulled it up just now. I mean, it definitely looks, you know, it looks very googly and YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, it, it's very basic right now. Not a, not a whole lot of functionality built in. It'll move on. Yeah. yeah I'd, I'd be curious if maybe there's something in the studio. That, that to me would be the easy answer is, you know, when you're uploading a video in the creator studio, you know, maybe that's where you can plug in your RSS and then it'll verify you as a podcast or something like that. And then it takes 24 hours to get verified and then it throws you on that thing. But it always worries me about like channels like YouTube and even Spotify too because it's so difficult, obviously, to get um, video on Spotify. I mean, you have to hit. It's what yeah. a stupid number, like a million subscribers or a million downloads or something. And then uh, they'll reach out to you and you can qualify for that. Um, but something like YouTube is kind of a challenge because the algorithm is so crazy and there's so much competition. It's going to be so hard to be pushed through to that. So I'm curious if they're going to focus more on the small creators because I feel like that's why people go to like things like TikTok and you know they're throwing up YouTube shorts now which obviously is getting a lot of movement. I get a lot of traction sure. that, which is great. And I know you post a lot of shorts as well which is great. Um but it does worry me about that because it's just going to highlight the big podcasts and it's just going to create even more, right? That's what we're seeing the industry evolve into. I mean, it's really becoming a big media space. So it, it's almost feeling, um, what was that movie back in the eighties with uh, Christian Slater pump up the volume? I think it was, you know, where he, he took sure. over a radio station. I mean, that's kind of what podcasting is starting to feel like for the indie creator because it, it, it they're coming through and they're just sweeping everybody up. Yeah. And you know, it's, uh, it is kind of frustrating too, because I, I know you've been doing podcasts for, I've only been doing it for, I think three years, like religiously. Um, yeah, yeah. One, one a week. I, I'm at like 170 episodes, I think. Uh, hey, that's amazing, though. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it, it started off, uh, I'd love to hear your story as well, but me, I started off like with my iPhone uh, doing the voice memo app. Just fucking <laughs> saying some stupid garbage that I wanted to vent, but my wife didn't want to hear me talk anymore. So I'm like, fine, I'll just start a podcast. And I was just like... <laughs> You know, and then I go, I go, you know, today I did this, you know, X, Y, Z. And, you know, this is, if I was you, this is what I would do if I was, so I'm, you know, and I think I was in the process of buying my, um, my second home at the time. So I was talking a little bit of advice on that and it was just no organization, no intro music, no, no nothing. That was like for 10 episodes and I mainly did it for fun. And then, uh, I had like four or five people DM me like, yo dude, this is a great podcast. I was like, what? Oh, hold on. Okay, I need to put some production. So then I got like an Audio Technica and just the $45 uh, old school one. And then yeah, yeah. Uh, what did I get? I got a tripod, I got a little GoPro, and I set myself up with a camera and just started doing And you know, now it's obviously evolved uh, a lot from there where I have a studio and shit like that. And I did have people come to the studio before the pandemic. So I'll probably start that up 
here soon again. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. But yeah, it's it's interesting how like now it's become so celebritized, like you said, and a big media company. I mean, even look at um do you have you have an iPhone? Do you have an iPhone? Yeah. Yeah. All right, good yeah. for you. Um yeah. I was gonna say if you got a green <laughs> bubble, man, I'd be upset. Uh, but it, it's funny now because you know, I used to get the news updates on Apple. But now if you notice every day they go, hear the latest Apple News podcast. And you're like, oh yeah. So now it's all podcasts, not even articles anymore. So it's uh, it's strange how now it's becoming so celebritized and and uh, and everyone has a fucking podcast, like all the celebrities do, and it's just like ugh. It's like when when people open up a TikTok account and they're a celebrity, it's like all right, knock it off, come on. Yeah, don't you have enough exposure? Just relax, man. You're, you're fine. You got a fucking save, show on know? ABC. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, save some for the rest of us. All right. So. <laughs> But now we have to not only compete with fellow podcasters uh, like yourself that have a great platform, but now I got to compete with like, you know, the people that uh, talk about the Office episodes. Like, I can't compete with that. Office is yeah. Come on. Yeah. I mean, well, you, you got that new Game of Thrones that just came out. Guess what? It's got a companion podcast, you know? I, I it, keep seeing it, that it, at the end of it. I'm like, mother. It, it, I know. I'm like, man, y'all just relax. You, you got this kick-ass show. Just, just, just to save some room for the rest of us, man. Dude, what a great show, by the way. Let's talk about that later on. Dude, it's oh. off the hook for real. I'm like, man, this is greatness. Bro, uh, I mean, they're you know, and, you, it, 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 and they're giving us dragons. That's the cool thing, you know, because my wife and I leading up to her, like, if these motherfuckers call this the House of Dragons, we don't get no fucking dragons. I'm going to be pissed. Dude, but we are getting one half of it. All dude, I know. We're getting dragons every episode, getting multiple dragons. We've got... I think this last episode, this you know, last night or night before, whatever it was, uh, two different dragons. We had the white dragon, and then we had homeboys, black, red dragon, whatever. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. All right, spewing fire it. all over the place. Just yeah, dude. Show. It's a yeah. great show. Um, yeah, they're finally back. You know, I was, I was I was hoping, and I heard even Jon Snow's getting a spinoff too. Yeah, I heard that too. So yeah. starting the early uh, early Jon Snow adventures or some shit. I don't know. They'll, yeah. they'll, do, they'll do. They'll come up with a better name than what I can come up with. Yeah. But <laughs> the house. But yeah, is it's gonna be or good. something. Yeah, um, yeah. They're they're not gonna. I got a feeling they're not gonna get too creative because you got Game of Thrones, House of Dragon, you know, Village of Snow or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, that's not a bad thing. I kind of like that name. Yeah. But uh, with podcasts, so how, how did you start podcasting? How long have you been doing it? Um, what's it about? You know, all that jazz. So are say. we going? Is this, uh, I mean, are, are, are we? Is oh, yeah, this, we've been recording. Deal? I just fucking. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no so I'm sitting here going, man, we're talking about all this stuff, and then we're going to have to recreate the same energy, and it's no, going to be a little difficult. We should just so, but no. Yeah. Oh, cool, man. I love how you just jumped in there. So it's great. Yeah, um, my podcasting adventure started when I came out of rehab. So I went, I went into rehab late of late 13 and uh, went in for a little alcohol action and uh, came out and wasn't sure what I was going to do going forward. It was kind of lost since, you know, living a sober life is like, wow, this is, this is a different gig. Yeah. And, uh, boring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a little boring, a little, a uh, little just shocking, but, um, a buddy of mine that I worked with at the time, he kept trying to get me to listen to Joe Rogan. And I'm like, man, I don't have time to listen to these podcast things. Podcasts are for nerds. And I got to go home and I got to raid in World of Warcraft. I got I got more important things to do than listen to, listen to podcasts. But eventually I came around and I listened to an episode of Joe Rogan. And on that particular episode, it happened to have two comedians on there. And it was Joey Diaz and Tony Hinchcliffe. 
And, uh, I mean, they're just two hard-hitting, you know, modern-day comedians. And I was blown away because I, I come from the 80s. And I grew up on Kennison and Dice Clay and Carlin and all these cats that I wasn't supposed to be watching, but I watched and scrambled HBO anyways because you didn't have to watch it to hear it. It was hilarious. And then uh, I heard these guys and I was like, what? You mean I can say the F word on a podcast and not get in trouble? (laughs) This, This is for me, man. I'm all over this. So... I ran out and uh, I got probably one of the worst mics you can get for podcasting. It was a Yeti snowball and uh, it's literally shaped in in the shape of a ball and it's white. So they're very creative with their naming. Uh, (laughs) But I mean, it's just a terrible USB mic is is what it is. And uh, I reached out to a buddy of mine who was an open micer here in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. And I said, Hey man, I want to start this podcast thing. What do you think? And he was all over it. So we sat in my game room and we plugged up this Yeti snowball and we recorded the first episode of the podcast. And we were just like, man, we're going to say what we want. We're going to tell the dirtiest jokes and we're just going to, it's going to be awesome. And uh, at the same time, we wanted to be pro. So this snowball, <laughs> I can still remember sitting on the ottoman of my wife's favorite chair. Uh, we were both sitting there and we took this little snowball mic. We, we gently held it in our hands and I would say my lines into the mic and then I would reach over to Jamie and I would gently pass him the mic and he would cup it and then he would say his lines and then pass it back and forth. And we did this for about an hour, like say telling the the raunchiest, nastiest, quote unquote jokes that we could come up with. He had just gotten back from San Francisco. So he was filled with San Francisco venom. I mean, it was just, it was, it was crazy. That's hilarious. And (laughs) well, the problem was it really wasn't hilarious. And (laughs) and we listened, we listened back to it and it was we're just, we looked at each other and said, there's, there's no way we can release this, man. This is, it's like, it's like we were trying too hard to be foul. You know what I mean? Mm. And it was so blatant. So we toned it down a little bit and uh, we went back at it, recorded another episode and we released the very first podcast and uh, the show was called accidentally the whole tip. (laughs) And, uh, that was the show, man. And, uh, we did that for quite a while. Uh, about 145, 150 episodes, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, we took the show live to a stage show here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. Uh, it eventually evolved into an open mic for comedians here in the DFW Metroplex. And as I sit here right now, it's still the largest open mic in DFW outside of a comedy club. So uh, we started something on the outskirts of Dallas in a suburb called Louisville. And uh, it grew and evolved, and it's still alive to this day. Although, regrettably, I had to kill the podcast because I was still mm. in corporate America, and uh, corporate America didn't care for the, for the content. And uh, they're like, "Dude, you hold this, uh, you know, fairly decent position within the company. You're a salaried employee. You represent the company twenty four seven, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. And this type of content is not a good reflection on who we are as a business." So. Wow. Um, they didn't make me quit the show, but they definitely told me that if I didn't quit the show, that life was going to be pretty rough. So yeah. uh, I walked away and uh, walked away from the tip. And uh, oh. there's still times to this day that I regret walking away uh, because it was fairly successful from just about every measurement you can imagine. 
Uh, I mean, we were getting thousands of downloads per episode back then, and it was growing. Uh, again, you know, we'd hit the clubs, the comedy clubs here in DFW, and people loved it. People loved the name. People loved the merch. It was just something that I, it's, it was a, a special time in podcasting for me that I have yet to ever recapture. It was just, it was just really amazing. And uh, I still have regrets to this day for killing that show. That's crazy. And are you, if you don't mind me asking, are you still with the company? No, I'm not with the company. So fuck them. I don't know if I can say that here, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can't even say who they are and I'll send this directly to them. That clip. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, honestly, I, I can't really say that much bad about the company because, you know, they did stick with me through the, through the alcoholism and supported me through rehab. I mean, they were there for me in the hardest of hard times. So, uh, from that perspective, they were an amazing company and, uh, I thank them for it because literally they saved my life. Um, but I, I, I still hold a little bit of a grudge when it comes to the tip. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Um, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I have kind of a similar story with uh, my, my last career, not the one before this, uh, but it was a beverage company that I worked at uh, for almost a decade. And uh, I moved up the ladder very quickly, um, got promoted numerous times over that decade. And then it was in a, a pretty high level marketing position. <clears throat> And I was getting some sponsors and, uh, you know, I was putting out weekly episodes and, you know, of course I curse and I didn't ever dip into politics or religion because I was smarter than that. I didn't want to hold a place there, but of course yeah. I would have, you know, people on that, uh, because I talk a lot about health and wellness and stuff that, uh, the company I worked for necessarily has been deemed not so healthy for you. I never drank the stuff, but it was just a paycheck. You know, I was there to show sure. up and have fun. So a lot of the stuff I would say would kind of, con you know, it would be a direct kind of hint of saying, hey, listen, man, take care of your body, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I never called them out by any means, but a lot of guests I would have on uh, would call them out. And, you know, I don't edit that stuff out because it's just, it's just real conversations that happen. So, yeah, yeah. And, and eventually, I, I guess, apparently they started hearing about it. And then I got one sponsor in particular, uh, a small company out of Texas, actually, uh, reached out to me and a buddy of mine got a job there and was like, yo, dude, you got a decent following. Can you give us a couple shout outs? And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, of course. Um, they didn't pay me anything for it. I just gave him some shout outs. And the next thing you know, uh, I get a call from HR and Ooh. apparently this company, because it has caffeine in it and the company that I worked for had caffeine, it was an energy drink company. Um, that's a conflict of interest, even though one's a, like a tea bag, like an actual tea bag. And yeah. the other one, the one I worked for was a canned energy drink. So they're not even the same space. It's a little company called, um, golden ratio. That's out of Texas. You can only, yeah, you never heard of them. No one has. No, uh, it's no. just, they got like five employees. Like they're, <laughs> it's not, it's not anything crazy. And the company I worked for, spoiler alert was monster energy. So, okay. I mean, the fact that they thought that was like a conflict is hilarious to me. And, you know, I got a warning and uh, I got put under uh, evaluation and apparently they looked through it and let me go because of that. Wow. And, uh, yeah. A decade in the, in the company. And, you know, again, was it wrong? Maybe. Sure. But it's like if I go drink a Red Bull on my off time, can I get fired for that? Yes, technically. Uh, but I'm not doing any of that, right? I'm just promoting a buddy of mine and you know, that, that's it. So 
the fact that you had to kind of censor conversation, yeah, was a little squirrely to me, and that's that was my uh, that was my downhill in a good way. Yeah, uh, my downhill path to lead me where I'm at now to where I've I worked at another company afterwards, and and that was great. But now I'm doing only consultant work for a couple of VIN agencies, and I'm doing a lot of UGC stuff, which is uh, user generated content. So mm-hmm. uh, I got my own company that I, I do uh, business under that. And I work with a lot of cool clients and just creating some videos. And then, of course, the podcast, which, you know, isn't going to pay the bills yet, but hopefully it'll get to that point. And yeah. then uh, the wife and I started our own company. So, you know, now it's like that, all that bullshit kind of led me to this. And now it's going to let me focus more on the podcasting, which is really my passion. And it always has been. And I've never had the opportunity to kind of go all in with it. So it, it all worked out for the better. For sure. No, that's cool, man. And it, and it's kind of similar in my situation in that, you know, it's it's it was ironic that the director of HR for the company was one of the biggest fans of the tip. <laughs> and they, they didn't have a problem with it. You know, it was in my off time. It was my personal gig. But we uh, acquired a new company. And with that acquisition came some of their management staff. And part of that management staff ended up being my direct report. And he was the one that took offense to the content. So he was the one that escalated everything. And, uh, yeah. It, yeah. It, it I, was, I always, it was, I always find it. I mean, again, I've, I own a company now I've owned one before and, uh, I've had employees like, I, I get it. I understand the whole concept of, especially when you're a big company and you got stockholders sure. and I get all that. That's so like 1990s thinking, you know, these companies, and a lot of them, Netflix included, to where they're not pushing back on the cancel culture and right. what people are saying. Because listen, everybody's different. And the fact that people did things in the past or if they have opinions that maybe don't follow your company's beliefs, I yeah. think that's okay. Like, I think we need to stop getting so personal. And, you know, these VPs and these big wigs, you know, th- think that their shit don't stink. Where yeah. if you have employees where, again, let's say it's Netflix. And every single person that works for you has a Hulu subscription. Like, who gives a fuck? <laughs> right. Like, I, like right. the whole attitude, and I worked for, you know, Coca-Cola before Monster. So they wouldn't even let us go to Taco Bell. Like, even on your off time, if you got caught at a Taco Bell, because it was a Pepsi account. Right, right. That You would get fired. There was people Holy that got fired. Shit, left dude. Right. Oh, yeah, they didn't fuck around. Now, I don't know if they're like that now. This is 15 years ago. But there was multiple <sighs> times where... You, they wouldn't even order a Pepsi. Like they would just go to the Taco Bell, get the Taco yeah. Bell, yeah, and then have a Coke in the car. You know what I mean? But the fact that you're giving money and Pepsi makes one percent of whatever their revenue is, right? Apparently, you're supporting the competition, and we just have to change that way of thinking because there's so much stuff out there, and to deprive someone of those different things just because you work for a company from 8 p or 8 a.m to 5 p.m it's so crazy because it's just a job and it's making us humans think that these jobs are so important and they're life-changing and you know in some cases like a lot you know my 401k and how i got my first house is attributed to the companies i worked at before sure but there's a lot of benefits that come from it, but it's also not your entire life because these, these folks will let you go with, with a drop of the hat or mm-hmm. they could go out of business and through no fault of their own, you lose your job, which happened to my last job before I decided to start my own company again. So not only did I let get let go for a stupid reason, but then right after that, the pandemic, 
made my other company shut down. And I'm just like, Jesus. It's like, what if I poured everything I had into these companies? Nothing's in my control. And it's, they expect you to. That's that's the fucked up part. Is they expect right. you to pour everything, especially if you're a salaried employee. Right. I mean, you're literally on call twenty four seven. And if somebody from a higher up position sends you an email, you damn well better answer that thing within 30 minutes or the phone's going to start ringing. That's right. uh, it, it, it's insanity. And I think that's contributing a lot to why we're seeing uh, so many people uh, escape from that rat race. You know, um, I left that company January 4th of last year to start my own. Co well, I started the company before I left, but to run my company full time. You know, uh, I, I started a company called Readily Random Media. And that spawned from the secondary podcast that I launched after having to kill the tip. I didn't know what the heck I was going to talk about, but I knew I wanted to have a podcast. And yeah. if you think back to the MySpace days, I had a shitty blog called Readily Random. And I thought, well, that's, that's clean enough. You know, I didn't know anything about naming a podcast or how to find a niche or how to identify an audience or anything at the time. I was still so new. I thought Readily Random, that's a fun name. And, uh, well, it's not, but, <laughs> but it means something to you. That's the key. But yeah, it meant something to me. It didn't mean shit to anybody else, but, uh, you know, I started the podcast and started the company based on the podcast. And yeah. to this day, I still have readily random media as my parent company, but I always sell myself as podcast boost. Cause I mean, that's what I do is I help others launch podcasts and grow their podcasts. And I do consulting and have launch packages and that sort of thing. Um, but I don't like using the name readily random because, well, for one, nobody can say readily. It's so weird. They go, what's your email? I go, Larry at readilyrandom.com. And they're like, what? February. No one knows what to do with that. I guess so. I guess so. So that was a lesson learned too. But I love yeah, these companies, man, they'll suck it out of you if you let them. And I'm just seeing so many people at this stage of life, you know, in that in that 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 40 to, to 50 55 ish range that are going you know what I, I i i've got my 401k i've got a little stability i've got the vast majority of my house paid off you know i'm in that position to where i don't have to play this game anymore and they're stepping out and they're entering into that uh what we're hearing called creator economy and they're rocking with it and it's interesting because I'm, I'm on the verge of starting a new podcast and it's about creativity and then it dawned on me over the weekend, maybe we need to drill that creativity down to and, and talk to that demographic and talk to the people that are in that age range. Because if you listen to any of the you know creator podcasts that are out there, if you listen to, I don't know, uh, or, or even the, the motivational speakers or investors, if you look at Alex Hormozzi or, or Gary Vee or, um, oh, who's the other guy? Uh, Grant Cardone, yeah. listen to any of these guys, they're talking to the 30-year-olds. The, the they're talking to the 20, 30-year-olds. Nobody's talking to the people that have done what you and I have done and invested X amount of years into a career in a corporate environment and finally woke up and, he went, and went, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. Where did my life go? And, and sure. these people don't give two shits about me. Why have I given my heart and soul to these vampiric companies that have literally bled me dry of any creativity or any any fulfillment. Why am I doing that? And they're making that jump. And I, I just I see it happening each and every day. And it's it, to me, it's it's there's a gap there for the people that are making those transitions right now. And uh, I, this, this new podcast idea that I've got it, we're going to try to fill that gap. That's a great idea, man. I love that because I, I, I talk a lot about that you know, on this show where my, my show is really, it's three pillars. It's 
it's health. It's well, it's really health and wellness, but the pillars are uh, physical health, mental health, and financial health. Health. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> you know, either there's things uh, where I'll have personal trainers on, or uh, nutritionists, things to help you with your physical health, or you know, mental health. Where I've had a couple people that have had some gnarly ayahuasca trips, and they talk about microdosing mushrooms and and going that route, yogis and you know, that, that side of, uh, the mental health and then financial health where, you know, I just recently had a, a financial advisor talking about, you know, stocks, real estate, uh, how to save up for a house, you know, but all that type of content to your point is that was my main goal is to target the folks that are my age, because I feel like the, the Logan Pauls of the world and all these other guys, it's millennials and Gen Z's and yeah, that's the future, but they're mainly yeah. doing that because they want to capitalize on, uh, the TikTok crowd, which is the up and comers that they want to soak up in an early age. You know, it's the, it's the same formula that Coca-Cola had, you know, Coca-Cola targeted Santa Claus and they invented Santa Claus. A lot of people don't know, but you know, I think it was 75 years ago or something like that. Uh, Santa Claus in books and stories, he was a green, he was wearing a green jacket, green hat. Um, he wasn't a fat jolly man. Coca-Cola invented what the Santa Claus we all know. It's trademarked. Do you know that? Really? Yeah. I had no, I had no idea. Yeah. You could look it up. Where did that come from? Santa Claus did not look like how it's portrayed on the Coca-Cola package. Over the years, they have adopted this brand and they didn't do it because they're like, let's, let's have the 40 and 50 year old be excited about yeah. Santa Claus. They did it because they knew if they influenced the kids and they put that Santa Claus on all the Coca-Cola packaging, they're going to eat Coke in the house. Coca-Cola. I need to make sure. I- <laughs> <laughs> They're going to eat all that Coke in the house they want. No, but they get the Coca-Cola in the house. The parents drinking the Coke. Oh, what's that? Oh, that's Santa Claus in the bottle. Oh, let me get that. Now, now the kids at 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, for their entire young life, they got Santa Claus on the brain. They get all the merchandise. They see it all. And then, of course, yeah. when they become 15, 16, 17, they want a Coke in the hand and you know, that leads to spray and all that. So that's kind of what like the Logan Pauls and Gary V's of the world are doing, which is smart. Yeah. They want to attract the younger generation because they know they can have that longevity of having those kids, uh, quite literally for the next 20 years. Watch. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, but I like, I like your idea of, of targeting the folks our age, because I think that those are the folks that maybe you don't necessarily have the, I don't want to say knowledge, but they just spent so much, so much of their lives in corporate America that they don't know yeah. anything else. And yeah, they almost don't know how to think for themselves. They only think in that, in, in that corporate perspective, that corporate mindset, yeah. uh, because, because I mean, it is, it's a mold, you know, you're just, you're literally injected into a mold. This is how you act. This is how you perform. This is what you do. These are the expectations and you follow these and it leads to success, but does it? No, not really. No. You know, you, you get a paycheck and maybe it's a, a an above average paycheck, but right. you still have a very, very empty soul and a very empty life. Yeah, man. And, you know, when you do the math of like, I love what you said about salary 24-7, because a lot of people don't think of it like that. Like if you make a hundred grand a year, that's great. And that's what I used to make at some of my other jobs. But yeah, do the math of how many hours you're spending at that job. Like when five o'clock hits, six o'clock hits, I'm eating dinner with my wife. I'm playing with my dog. I get an email and I spend like five minutes responding to that email at 7 p.m. Because I'm like, hey, if I do it now, I don't have to do it in the morning. Right. I get more fucking emails in the morning. So it's like 
from 7 p.m., 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Well, now I'm waking up at 6 and 7 and responding to emails. So you're spending like 15 hours a day mm-hmm. working. And you, you times that by five days a week, sometimes seven days a week if you respond on, on the weekends. Yeah. Now that 100 grand a year really boils down to like 50 grand a year, 60 grand a year because you're spending so many hours per day. And people don't think about stuff like that. No, I mean, it's, it's a lifestyle, you know, yeah. those types of careers are, they're, they're not jobs, they're lifestyles. And that's literally what you have to commit yourself to in order to sustain that. And all, all too often we, we get wrapped up in that lifestyle and then we turn, you know, 45, 50, 55, we'll call it the midlife crisis. We'll call it whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and we have this epiphany of, holy shit, where did my life go? And where's my inspiration? Where's my fulfillment? You know, this whole lifetime thing, it, it goes by pretty freaking quick. And when you start hitting this age, and, and I guess maybe too, you know, I just turned 50, what, five days, six days ago. So, you oh, know, it's not right. like, thanks. Uh, so maybe it's hitting a little harder for me right now. <laughs> but I mean, it was hitting before, you know, again, I left last year because I, I just knew that there was more to it than that. And especially after getting sober and the more, more time I spent sober after 14, the more the, that realization came to the forefront of, I'm coming here every day and I'm sitting in this space and I'm taking up this space. No one really gives a shit. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm walking on eggshells because of this new management style and this new transition into this hardcore cancel culture environment. And I have to, I I get in trouble for saying things that I didn't even know I could get in trouble for, you know, and and, and you're just like, what, (laughs) you know, and and you, you start to question, you start to question what's the point of it all. Yeah. And is this really how I want to hang out? And this is, how, is this how I want to go out? And it just wasn't for me. It is so wicked. The fact that when we start thinking about corporate jobs and, you know, we say corporate America, because I think there's a lot, there's, a, there's so many pros when it comes to corporate America, but corporate America is a thing because prior to this, prior to, I would say 10 years ago, maybe when social media started really ramping up and people started understanding that they can make a living off social media, more importantly, yeah. when you start realizing, and I realize that now that I have an e-com business, is I don't need 15 employees. I don't even need to pay myself or my wife a massive amount because if you keep your overhead low, right, and you keep your break-even low and you live below your means and you don't buy all the fancy shit every two years, you know, like you're not redoing your wardrobe all the time and you're smart with your money and you save and you're frugal, you don't go out and you don't spend $20. Like, you know, you talk about booze a lot. Dude, I stopped drinking a long time ago. I'll have like a glass of wine every now and then, but just the financial responsibility to go out with friends and drink alone will get you broke. Yeah. Oh, and dude, quick. It's crazy. So when you could start thinking about, okay, not only am I investing money into this corporate job and time and um, everything you do with that corporate job is inhibiting your decision-making. And that's what I realized when I, I got out of that, that cesspool of, a, of, a, of an industry. And it's mainly because when they do the team outings and the atmosphere and all that, it's always giving you new shit, prizes, gifts, gift cards, taking you out for dinners and booze. It's just fucking you up even more to where you forget about all the other stuff that's important in your life. And you're like, you know, this is cool. I get to go out and hang out with these, you know, these guys all the time and we drink and we party and we have fun. But then you don't realize, so now I'm spending time away from my family, even more so with the cesspool of a company, 
and I'm hanging out and I'm getting infected by everybody here, like a family, they love you, things are great, and the next thing you know, company downsize your toast. They forget all about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And you just spent all that time away from your kids and your wife and your husband. And, you know, when you can get out of that, man, you can work for yourself and spend so much time. Like I spend every day with my wife. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's a powerful thing. So, yeah, do I make less? Yeah, of course. Will I make more in the future? Who gives a fuck? Like the whole attitude is like every day, at least I'm enjoying it and I'm not stressed out about what my boss is going to think. What? If I have a job tomorrow, like there's no stress like that when you work for yourself. It's cool, man. That was the absolute worst, man. Because you just knew, at least I did. I always knew that no matter what I did or how well I did it, he was going to find one I I didn't dot or one T I didn't cross. And uh, it's just like, it's just so soul crushing. It was, oh my God, just, just, just let me have one. Let's let me have one success, please. Just one. So, yeah. I forget, I forget who said it. There was a really funny uh, and true quote that someone said, um, when you have a job, you don't have security as much as you think. The only thing you have is a two-week contract. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm obviously butchering that, but it is interesting when you think about it where they pay every two weeks. They could just decide not to pay you. There's no, there's nothing long-term that says they have to pay you for a year or 10 years, unless you physically sign a 10-year contract with the company. Right, uh, right. And that's what I do now. I do a lot of consulting work. I just wrapped yeah. up a gig in September, or, you know, this month, where it was for the past six months, and it was a six-month contract. Yeah. So yeah. guarantee. Everything I do is contract work. Everything yeah. I do is contract. It's fantastic. Yeah. But it's yeah. like, it, that's a guarantee. But if you just have a salary job, your contract's for two weeks, bro, because they could toast you out and just decide not to pay for whatever reason. I, I, did, I didn't mean to take this down this dark, dark path of, of, of an anti-career conversation. Fuck jobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I think we say this because it's all in, in tune with whether you own a podcast or not or own a company. It's all in tune with you and I have different stories, but I think the, the goal is the same, which is we figured out we, we, what we like to do and we just went for it. And I think yeah. that's what anybody could do, whether that's podcasting or if you want to open up an Etsy shop or you want to sell shit on Amazon or you want to buy real estate property and flip it and rent it. There's just there's other ways out there besides corporate America. And there's nothing wrong with corporate America. It's just saying that there are options versus 25 years ago. There wasn't. And it's right, exciting. Right. It's exciting. There's options. It's super exciting and it's inspirational. And, and I think more people need to know that it is possible. And it's, you know, I'm not saying it's easy. But I think it's a lot easier than most people understand. Right. You know, yeah. you do have to be driven. And, you know, we were just crying a minute ago about, you know, 100,000 a year, but you're on call seven days a week. Um, I do work seven days a week. I mean, we're sitting here on a quote unquote holiday recording a podcast. It's just what we do. But it's different. Yeah. You know, it's totally different. Uh, typically, you know, you'll find me in my, I don't do a whole lot of work in the studio where I'm at right now, other than recording and creating content, but any kind of development work or any kind of consulting, I typically do in my office in the other room. And if I'm at my desk, you're going to find the TVs on and I'm just kind of working and, you know, I'm real big about, I love the fights. So every Saturday I'm watching UFC. So I'll watch the fights and in between fights, I'll tab over and I'll do some quote unquote work. The fights come back on. I go back over. I watch the fight. It, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's a relaxed type of 
an, an enjoyable atmosphere of quote unquote work. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm creating, I'm building, I'm doing, and that's super, super fulfilling. And I'm doing it in, in, on my timeline, from my perspective, how I fit it into my workload. And there's, it's, it's just different, you know? I, I don't have a problem working, quote unquote, seven days a week for my own business. It's mine. Yeah. It's mine. And if you, if you want to pay yourself a bigger salary, eh, maybe do a little bit more. And maybe you can have a bigger salary. But it's up to you to determine what that balance is. And you're in total control of finding it. And that is what makes it so awesome. Yeah, it's super sexy when you look at it like that. Because, you know, most other jobs, like I, I've been told at some other jobs where they're like, yeah, you got to stay in your lane, bro. Yeah. You ever hear that line? Of course. Ooh, that's a good idea, Tone, but I got to stay in stay in yeah and i'm like okay so my creativity just got capped when you own your own company or you're doing your own thing or even if think about your hobbies think about you know imagine if you're into working out and you're in the gym and there's some little guy on your shoulder that just pops up says ah, ah too much weight that's it back it up a little bit we don't want you to get any stronger or bigger okay like imagine if there was a cap and things like that and that's kind of what some jobs are like but to your yeah. point, if you want to make 50 grand a year or 100 grand a year, when you work harder, you do get rewarded versus most other corporate jobs. When you work harder, you don't get rewarded. Sometimes it's quite the contrary. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, now the expectations are raised. So now basically what you've done is you've given yourself more responsibility for the same pay. That's right. <laughs> which, which is shitty because now you go home with, you know, to your husband or your wife and you're stressed out because you're working so much and then they're stressed out at you and they're pissed. And then, you know, there's resentment and fighting and there's a lot of negatives that come from it. So I, I would imagine, uh, I, I don't know about you, you don't have to tell me, but I'm not even wearing pants. I mean, uh, no, I'm, I'm wearing shorts, right? I'm wearing my PJs, honestly. Uh, there you go. <laughs> I got my pajama shorts on. I'm just chilling. You there, know? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's all good. <laughs> you can't do this shit at work. Uh, but, but anyway, enough uh, talking shit about corporate America. Yeah, yeah. That part will get pulled off YouTube probably. Um, yeah, like, ah, no. <laughs> no. Cor Speaking of which, I love this setup for people who don't know that uh, aren't watching on YouTube. First of all, you're fucking crazy because Larry's got a dope-ass setup. Um, is that real veneer? Uh, on the walls? Yeah. You don't it, have to say. No, it's, it, the, the, walls, the walls are, it's just, a, honestly, it's just a, 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 like a banner, tapestry, or whatever you want to call it. Looking. It's it looks awesome. great, right? It looks great. I'm very... It's the lighting. The lighting's real. Now, everything, now, I say just the, just the rock is all this, the tapestry. Everything else is real. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, ladies, so. ladies and gentlemen, um, he is touching it right now. He yeah. is <laughs> touching it. Um, yeah. Yeah, dude. No, it, look, it looks great. And I noticed you got the Batman... Statues. Yeah, and I I just made that change actually. So I had Good this. For you. Uh, I had this amazing T Rex skull <gasps> that was back there. That's and tight too. Let, let me get back on the mic so I sound yeah. relatively decent. Uh, I had a previous iteration of the studio that was all. I mean, this is like a bat cave, honestly. Um, from what you can't see, there's there's bat stuff everywhere. But I started dealing with some higher end clients, and one of my business coaches goes, "Hey, man." At those price points you're operating at, you might want your studio to look a little more profesh. You might not want to look like a gamer. And I'm like, all right, all right I'll take that to heart. Uh, I, I prettied it up and made it look a little more pro. But, you know, I, I just, I got to inject some sort of Larry in there. I figured the, the Batman that I got back there, you know, you can kind of tell what it is, but it's not overbearing. So uh, well, I just had to put a little, little flair. 
So I don't know if we've talked about this on Dewaskin show. Shout out Jeff Dewaskin. Yeah, um, shout out, man. I am a massive Batman fan, specifically Michael Keaton. And that, oh, yeah. that's my Batman. So like I'll send you I'll send you a picture when we get done here, but it is decked out with Batman shit. Like I have well, I was looking back there. It looks like there's a bat symbol of some sort hanging from your okay. pegboard. Well, bro, I don't know out. what that is. Yeah, you can't okay. you can't see it now because my camera's messed up, but this is actually from my boy EJ. So insane. Uh it is, man. I'm a, I'm a bat freak. Well, if so. I didn't like you already, now it, that solidifies our friendship for, for life. <laughs> um but very cool. It, it is kind of cool that you know, now we can have these spaces, you know, when you're a creator, because I, I always thought when I worked a job or even as I got older, I'm like, you know, there's never going to be a time because I saved all this stuff, but it yeah. was my attic and there's never going to be a time where I can express myself. And I think that's such an important part, whether you're a creator or not, that you have to have like your own space, uh, whether that's a 10 by 10 or it's an entire room, you got to have your own space where it's an expression of the things you like, because then you can go yeah. into that space. You can express yourself. You can meditate. You can talk. You can, you know, sometimes I'll come on the phone and talk to friends in here versus like in the family room, because this is yeah. my space. This is like my sanctuary where I can just be me and I could curse if I want. I could, you know, FaceTime with people. Like it's just, it's my happy place. And I think everyone has to have that. Yeah. I, I do the exact same thing. My phone, I plug it right into my roadcaster and I have my phone calls uh, I've got friends that go, dude, do you ever not sound like you're on the radio? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I really don't. This is how I enjoy sounding. And uh, so, yeah, I come in here. I do the exact same thing, man. This is just my space. You know, it's got the lighting's just perfect and the ambiance is there. And it's just a, it's a great escape for sure. And do you have anything else that you do uh, that is an escape for you? I mean, obviously you talked a lot about you go to conferences and you speak at these things for your business and stuff. Yeah, I mean that's that's the big thing that I do, especially this year. This uh, my traveling and my speaking started in person at least late last year, mm. and this year it's just been off the hook. I mean, I've literally been coast to coast this year, from L.A. to New Jersey and everywhere in between, Florida, Nashville, uh, all through Texas, yeah, you name it. And I'm getting ready here in a couple of days. I'm headed back to Orlando for another conference. And I love doing that. I mean, they energize me. Being there at the conferences is a ton of fun. Being on stage is probably one of my favorite things. Uh, I, you know, I did the comedy thing for a while. Wasn't exactly all that great at it. Uh, Two, I started. For sure. What's that? It's a tough craft, for sure. Dude, it's super tough. And I started super late, you know. Um, and, 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 well, you know, I started hitting the open mics back in 14 after rehab. So uh, I was already in my early 40s and, you know, as a brand new open micer and you're trying to get that, that three to five minutes set in at 2 a.m. when there's <laughs> two other comics that are left that are trying to go up to. It's just, I was way too old to be playing that game, brother. I tell you what. So uh, it, it, uh, it didn't work out for me personally. I took uh, some comedy classes and uh, ended up doing a showcase at the Improv here in Dallas that turned out all right. That was that wasn't terrible. I don't I don't show it to anybody, so it must not have been that great. But <laughs> but but it was fun. But speaking has always been my thing, you know, and that's what I've been able to leverage. And it's interesting because speakers in the podcasting space are usually not the most engaging speakers, and they're usually not the funniest either. You know, they're usually pretty dry, pretty technical. 
Uh, a lot of them are older because they've been podcasting since 2004. And, you know, they're the, the pod fathers that are out there. It gives me an opportunity to come in and take the stage and, yes, still be technical, but add a little of excitement to it. Add some jokes here and there. Add some audience participation in there and change things up. And it's been super, super impactful. And uh, so far, it seems to be well received. So uh, I'm just going to keep at it, man. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. That's great, man. Good for you. And then how, how do you get involved in these conferences? Do you reach out to them? Do you normally get invited? How does that happen? It's, it's getting to the point where I get invited now. Uh, not always, but sometimes I still have to reach out. But a lot of these two I'm getting invited to. Honestly, it started off about three years ago. I, I started seeing some people were doing small online events. Uh, and mm. I started asking to speak at those. They'd be on like a Saturday morning. Some of them were on a Sunday morning. And I'd say, hey, can I speak at your event? And they'd let me come on and I would do a 30 minute presentation with a slide deck about podcasting, some aspect of podcasting. And most of these were broadcast live on Facebook. And you know, if you've ever gone live on Facebook, you can always look in that top left-hand corner and you can see a counter of how many people are watching the live at the time. Yeah. There were very few times that I looked up and saw anything bigger than a goose egg. So it was it was very rarely anyone watching these things. They were still great experience because they allowed me to hone my craft. They allowed me to really get more involved in the podcasting space. They allowed me the opportunity to get comfortable in front of a camera. And I started leveraging them to get on bigger virtual stages. Mm. And then from there, using these virtual stages, opportunities came up for live stages. Once the pandemic started to be accepted, I don't think it's ever over per se, but you know, we were talking about it earlier. It's a little uh, less deadly now and just yeah. you're kind of going to get it, honestly, most likely. So yeah. uh, everybody just coming to grips with it and it, it started opening up opportunities. So I started off super small on, on virtual stages with literally no audience and now built up and built up and built up. And just last week I spoke at Podcast Movement, uh, which is, you know, one of the biggest uh, in the industry. Uh, if not the biggest, uh, Podfest is up there with them as well as one of the biggest ones that are there. Those two are the, are the cat daddies, uh, speak at both. I'm heavily involved in Podfest. Uh, mm. I write the newsletter for Podfest, so I'm their editor in chief there. So I'm, I'm intimately involved with that organization. Uh, and, and it just, it just grew, but every bit of it grew out of those tiny little zero viewer virtual events. And I'm grateful for the, the promoters that were putting those on because they opened up the door for me. Well, well, congrats on all the success, man. I love the content, the little clips you're doing. And, you know, I've, uh, I haven't got a chance to, to hear a lot of the podcast. So I definitely want to consume, you know, more of your content. Um, because it's, it's, it is always interesting to me talking to fellow podcasters because me personally, uh, when ever since I started a podcast, like you, public speaking was always like a passion of mine. And I yeah. did a lot of it in the past when I worked for some marketing companies and I was a personal trainer for a while. So I used to train large groups of people and it was just always this thing that I I like doing. And at first I think subconsciously it was probably an ego thing, if I'm being honest with myself, <laughs> where I just either like seeing myself, you know, we didn't record ourselves back then. This was 2003, 2004. But there was always this thing where someone's watching me and they're going to get value out of what I'm saying. And that to me, yeah. it got me a little excited, kind of speaking as a whole, my passions, but I also through this podcast and through the years, something I didn't do when I first started public speaking is this is, this podcast has uh, taught me to be so much more objective and to uh, really follow the 80, 20 rule, right? Like 
80% listening, 20% talking. And, you know, when you become like an interviewer, because that's kind of what a podcaster is, unless it's the podcast that I typically do like once a month where I'll just rant about some ideas. And uh, I'll, I'll do that for like 10 to 15 minutes if I got a vent or, you know, my wife gets me angry and I come up here and just say, and I make some funny content out of something. But more often than not, I'm interviewing people. And what I've realized yeah. over these 170 something episodes is, I don't want to say everyone should start a podcast because everyone shouldn't, of course, but there's something magical in not just talking to people, but podcasting. I think there's the combination of, you know, it's going to go out to the, the podverse. So maybe mm -hmm. there's excitement and pressure in that. And, you know, millions of people potentially could be hearing it. Also, it's going to be out there forever. It's not going anywhere. And there's also this thing of like talking to somebody when you're recording it's almost like I want to record and capture this moment so I can hear it forever. You know, like how many times you've been in a room with a group of friends and you have like a funny ass story or you share a, a funny story or something happens and you're like, fuck, I don't have my mic on me. You know, yep, like, yep. there's probably a lot of people that don't even have podcasts that have those memories of, I wish I recorded this or I, I wish I took a photo of this or I wish I videoed this. And that's what podcasting allows you to do. It allows you to video and capture a moment of something very creative and very fun that you're never going to experience again. Because every moment, this conversation, this video, everything that we're experiencing now, just like everything we're going to do after this, is only going to happen once. Right. And it's something magical about being able to record it and put it out there in the universe. It's pretty cool. And that's what yeah, gets it's, it's about podcasting. It, it, I, and I'm right there with you. And, and I love that. And, you know, I, I, I look back sometimes at, at the tip or some of the episodes of the tip, and I wish they were still out there because they were great. Um, I, you can still find remnants of it out there, but I've yet to find a playable remnant of it out there. You can see some cover art from time to time I can stumble across, but, mm. uh, yeah, I, I still have them all, you know, I still got every episode of it and, uh, can always re-upload it. Although I don't know that I ever would, but, but it's still fun cool to go back and throwback. hear that. And, and yeah. what's that? I said, that'd be cool. Like doing a little throwback. Well, it's, it's funny because I reached out to Jamie just the other day. He's gone on, and, and, and this is another testament to podcasting. I mean, Jamie went on to have, he's, he's still right now having a phenomenal comedy career. I mean, he got, uh, because of the podcast, he started getting more and more bookings, and uh, he eventually signed on with Eddie Griffin. And uh, he's Eddie Griffin's opener at the Sahara in Las Vegas. So, and it, it, it all came from the podcast, dude. I mean, it's just nuts. So uh, there's a lot of opportunity that can be opened up through a podcast and people, they think that podcasting, oh, everybody's got one, you, you don't need it. But uh, there's a reason for it because, uh, you know, like you're alluding to, they are somewhat magical. Uh, they, they can be therapeutic even, uh, and they can also be a business. So there, there's so many different ways that you can get value out of a podcast and, and leverage that value to find fulfillment in your life and bring fulfillment to others as well. And there's not a lot of mediums where you can you can reach uh, that large swath of of value and fulfillment it, it's interesting yeah yeah it is crazy and i don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon either you know you you look at at where things were when facebook first kicked off and everyone was fighting and scratching saying this is not going to be a thing well now look at them now they're meta now they have a conglomerate of multiple businesses and they are just worldwide every single person yeah. has a facebook account pretty much and you know, I think a lot of people are fighting podcasting and have been for a while. Rogan has a bit, been a big driver of that, similar to where Howard Stern was in the radio days. 
it's just getting started. You know, now it's starting to become this thing where people are listening and watching more podcasts, even clips, uh, more than they are ABC News or CBS. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. So it's becoming a, a new medium to where, look at where news has been. News has been around for what? Ever since TV? Was it 75 years? 100 years, maybe? Yeah. Pro- yeah. Probably ever since radio, actually, right? And like news has been on, been around for hundreds of years, probably, I would guess. It just wasn't, wasn't always recorded. But, you know, now it's like everything's being recorded and now a lot of people are switching to this form of podcasting. And podcasting could eventually be like the new TV. Could be the new. Well, it kind of is. You know, based on some of the numbers I saw last week, uh, we're seeing a transition in where podcasts are being consumed. You know, traditionally, mm-hmm. people think of consuming a podcast while they're on the go, whether they're in their car or they're at the gym or wherever. But more than 60% of podcasts are now being consumed at home. Is that right? Yeah, I was blown away by that number last week. Jesus. I mean, well, I guess now when you think about it, I listen to podcasts on the road anymore. I used to do it in the gym, but now, yeah, mm-hmm. now I do it at home, especially on YouTube or, you know, now yeah. that Spotify has video too. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Wow, that's crazy. I, I'm, I'm one of those weirdos. I don't really consume audio-only podcasts. I, I only consume video podcasts, and it's not like I sit here and just stare at it and watch it the whole time, but I'll have it playing on a tab in the background. And I typically listen to comedy podcasts. So I'm, I'm listening to Kill Tony or I'm listening to, uh, occasionally I'll listen to Rogan, uh, but Your Mom's House is another favorite of mine. So yep. if it, uh, what I'll end up doing is having it playing in the background. And if something funny happens or it gets loud or it gets whatever, I'll tab over because I want to see that. I want to experience it. I want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. And being able to see it and see the expression on their faces and just just seeing whatever's going on draws me in and that's what attracts me to podcasts so i'm i'm definitely one of those weirdos i guess that uh, consumes video only type podcasts now nah, dude i'm with you and there, there is something about that where you can get immersed in the culture and immersed in that podcast to where it's like you're there you know you're yeah. fly on the wall and you know if it's like your mama's house is fantastic but you look at like a show like that where i love their setup because you know, they're switching cameras back and forth, Segura and Christina, and they're going yeah. back and forth. But also the setup is just, it's this big, oaky, cool, like environment to where they, yeah. you feel like you're there watching the two of them. And Joe Rogan does that as well. But I just love those podcasts to where you feel like you're there. They have great audio equipment. So like if depending on your speakers or where you listen to, I always listen to mine through the roadcaster as well. So like I got yeah. my phones in and I'm working. And I hear them talking. It's like ASMR to me. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> this is great, man. And, you know, I think aesthetically, too, it's it's great to watch that. But from an audio perspective, you can't really get that with anything else, you know, because that's why I love podcasting like this with you with headsets on. You know, I have a lot yeah. of friends that if they come over and we do a podcast, they don't like to have headsets on. But there's something cool about getting this personal like ASMR audio it's different than if you just sit around a campfire and tell stories with friends you know like having the headset on it's a different audio experience you know it's it's just isolated you know you're really in it it draws you in and you become just immersed in the entire experience that's right and i i think that's the difference you know you're just really everything else is blocked out i mean i know we're on camera but if i close my eyes right now i'm right here in this moment Nothing's distracting me. Nothing's taking me away. I'm just a part of this conversation and a part of this experience. And that's something that's difficult to replicate in other scenarios. Yeah, dude. So true. And you know, you're guilty of it, right? Like if you're hanging out with the spouse or some friends 
and you're hanging out, you know, at a restaurant or you're just at your house and you're shooting the shit, you're having a good convo. One person picks up their phone. You lost them. That's it. Yeah, it's over. They're gone. But yeah. man, with the podcast though, like I haven't picked up my phone once. We're going on an hour. Like yeah. I haven't talked to anybody else. Like we're in it. You know what I mean? And that's why I always tell people, even if you just start a podcast and don't put it out and don't record it, get some fucking equipment, have some fun, you know, just like we do with our phones. Like, why do you record your two-year-old kid walking? Yep. So when he's five, you can look at that and say, oh, your first steps. How cool would it be to look back five years from now and be like, oh, me and Larry had this fucking chat. You know, I was on one episode 170 and now I am at 250. Like, that's kind of a cool that's a cool story to have. And that's the beauty of recording really anything. You know? And it's great too, because I look back at some of the people that were on my podcast early on uh, mm-hmm. and they're great friends of mine now. And just being on the podcast started that relationship. And then over the years it evolved and we finally met in real life or IRL. And, and then things just evolved from there. And now we hang out and we, we can't wait to see each other at the conferences or wherever it may be. Yeah. And it all started we, and, and we'll sit back sometimes and go, how did we even meet? Well, I was on episode 23 of your show, but how did I meet you for that? And we can't even remember exactly how, you know, one of us came to be on the other show or vice versa. Again, it's relationships that are built. And, you know, you were talking about you want to get more immersed in my content. And full disclosure, I haven't released a podcast episode since April. Oh, shit. Because, yeah, I, I, I got fried. I got mm-hmm. burnt out. And I'll tell you why I got burnt out. And I, I just started booking uh, this past week to, to for You're the Boss. That's my current podcast. I just started rebooking for that show. And I'm going to start recording at the end of the month. But I got fried because I wasn't really getting relationships out of the podcast anymore. I felt like, it, because it's a business podcast, it's an entrepreneur podcast. So I had these business owners that would come on and they'd tell me about their latest business venture or they'd tell me about their latest book or, or whatever it is they're pitching or selling. And then they would just disappear. Mm. And it started feeling like I was just being used as an infomercial. And that's not the soul of podcasting for me. Mm. I'm not recording this so that I can go through the motions and put an ad out for your latest offering. That's not why I'm here. I don't have a problem promoting what you have if you got something cool going on, but I'm going to need a little something out of that in return. And that's a relationship. You know, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a mutual respect between both parties. And there for a while, it felt like it was very, very one-sided. So I had to step back. And, and, and I take responsibility for some of that as well because I wasn't as actively involved in the guest selection process as I should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started relying on, on these placement agencies that would send me guests. And uh, yeah, they'd send me four or five for me to look at and I'd look at their one sheets and, and then I'd go, okay, yeah, I'll take this one, this one, this one. But that's about as personal as it got. And so I got to own that. And I do, that was, that was a bad, um, on my part, but once it got to where it was feeling just strictly one-sided and strictly just transactional, I just, I lost all respect for it. And I had to step back for a minute and I really dialed it in and started focusing on my speaking and my traveling and that sort of thing. And I had to give it some breathing room and uh, I've got that breathing room. Now I'm refocused and I'm, uh, like I said, I just started booking again this week, as a matter of fact, and we're going to start recording uh, at the end of the month and and you're the boss is going to start recreating uh, content there as well as some other podcasts that I've got that are going to be launching too. So, but yeah, I had to step back and take that, creative look at it and, and, and refresh things. So that was interesting. 
That's cool, man. And that's, you know, that's such a good piece of advice too, to where, you know, you knew it was happening. Didn't matter financially if it was going to affect you or if you're going to lose subscribers or anything like that, if you're not happy doing it. And that's yeah. kind of the freedom of, we're you know, full circle of just working for yourself, whether it's doing a podcast or a company is, you know, being able to sit back and reflect because you can't work at, you know, AT&T corporate and say, listen, guys, you know, I don't know if I feel good about the service <laughs> that we're providing customers. I'm going to take a couple weeks off, just reflect on what we're doing. Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, you're fired. What do you mean? Yeah. But at least here you could take a step back. You could reevaluate. And hopefully if you come back stronger, which it sounds like you come back stronger, not yeah. only is it going to be beneficial to you mentally, but your listeners are going to get more value out of it because now there's authenticity. Now there's realism. Now it's like shit you want to fucking do versus before it's so mundane and, and you didn't like to do it. And uh, that's, that's not fair to the listener either because that's why they tune in. So yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Now I, I still created content. I mean, you still see my reels, you still see my shorts, you see, still see that. So I was still creating that type of content. I was still creating, but it just wasn't in the form of that particular podcast, you know? Um, and, and, and having that freedom is something that I cherish. It's just, it's amazing. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude, digging the reels. And last thing before, cause I didn't realize we're at an hour and 10 already. Um, <laughs> but, uh, it's like a time warp when you do these podcasts. Uh, but when it comes to like these little clips, cause that, that is one thing that I've noticed where I get a lot of interaction on my reels versus, you know, like people tune into the podcast and they might, you know, I look at the analytics, an hour long podcast, they might stop at 25, come back later and do it. And I've realized, obviously, as we all know, the attention span of human beings is shortened drastically. I mean, where do you see that going in, 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 uh, in the form of a long form podcast, do you see it going to where it's going to still become a thing and then we can consume these little clips? Are you noticing yourself when you host these conferences, when you talk to podcasters, are they doing these clips and then those clips drive them in to subscribe to the full podcast? You know, have you seen the analytics on that? I haven't seen specific analytics towards the overall length of a podcast and whether long form, con long form content is still viable for an independent creator. But the consensus seems to be to continue along the path of having your quote unquote long form, whether that's 30, 45 minutes, hour, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. uh, but you really need the micro content to go along with it as well. You need the, the, the 10 minute clips, you need the shorts, you need the, the 60 second clips, the 90 second clips, you need to mix that in. Uh, because as you mentioned, I mean, the attention span now, I think we're down to three seconds, three seconds. That was three seconds right there. Three seconds, dude. That's the attention span. So we have to be able to come in there and we have to hit hard right out of the gate. We have to capture them. And I think it's that micro content. It's almost like that breadcrumb trail. So we use the breadcrumb trail to lead them to our, our, our primary content, which is our longer form content. But we have to start small and we have to give them those little bite-sized nuggets for them to enjoy, to get them enticed and want to yeah, like eat the full meal. Um, so I, I think it's absolutely critical that we have that micro content, but at the same time, I, I don't think we want to sacrifice our creativity and stop the, the overall long form content. That's right. I mean, no different than why anybody started their podcast. I mean, I don't know about you, but I started mine just cause I wanted to do it. It wasn't yeah. for any other reason except that. So when we start thinking about what the audience wants, that's when our creativity, uh, gets tarnished when we start doing what other people want and what uh you know appeasing to other people you know do what you yeah. do what you want to do if it's long form cool if it's not no worries but 
do what you want to do. And then if you want to get noticed, you got to put out the content. But uh, yeah, I love that. That's, that's a great piece of advice. And then where can people find you now? So I know you talked about uh, you are the boss. Is that the You're po- the boss. Is You're that the, the apostrophe? You're the boss is the name of the podcast. There's still plenty of content out there to consume on You're the Boss. So if you're new to the show, check it out. Go ahead, subscribe. As I mentioned, uh, we'll start recording again new episodes, possibly within the next couple of weeks. But I've already got some interviews lined up for the last week of this month. So we're going to start releasing uh, most likely the first of next month is what I'm looking at there. Uh, I have a couple of other podcasts that are in the works, a creativity podcast that's going to be launching later this fall. But right now I'm driving traffic to my Instagram. So at the Larry Roberts, follow me on Instagram. I'm creating reels on the reg. So if you want to see some of my content, check out my reels over there, uh, the Larry Roberts on Instagram. Nice. And of course, everybody for uh, folks just listening, I will leave all the links as always in the episode notes. But Larry, this was good, man. I think whether uh, someone wanted to start a podcast or not, if they just wanted to be creative and, you know, talk about content, feel about it, you know, get a get a good feel for it. I think you left a lot of good nuggets. So I appreciate you hopping on the show. Appreciate the time. We finally got a chance to do this. It's, you know, it's been in the works for quite some time, mostly my fault. So I appreciate <laughs> the, the flexibility there. Um, it's all good, man. That's that's real life. And that, that's that's the life of a creator. You have to be, uh, you know, uh, you have to be uh, flexible. That's the word that was escaping me there. So that <laughs> flexibility, it's all part of it, man. Yeah, dude. And the fact that you're a Batman fan, we're going to have to do this a lot more often. <laughs> so uh, I'm down anytime, man. Just give me a shout. I'm, I'm ready to go. My guy. Appreciate it, man. Larry Roberts, ladies and gentlemen. Larry, thanks again, man. We appreciate you, bud. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. All right, buddy.